Welcome to Season 2, Episode 61 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today, I got the team, uh, you pretty much see most of them around here lately, so they're back again. We have Matthew Aguilar on his day off, no less. What's up? He's thrilled. We have Janelle Wheeler. Hey, guys. <laughs> and we have Connor Casey. What's going on? And, uh, yeah, I mean, we drag Matt in mostly because we run a sweatshop, but, like, also because we have fun stuff to talk about today that's actually enjoyable. So we can uh, let our hair down because this is a fairly easy episode. We don't have to, like, scrounge for stuff. The, uh, I was really excited thing, about this one. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing that happened is DC Fandom went down, and we told you guys we'd be back for an entire recap of that once it was done and the dust had settled. So we're going to talk about that, including the Batman. And, you know, we left you with the big events happening in WWE SummerSlam and NXE TakeOver XXXX. Did I get their X's right? Three X's. Ooh, yes, there we go. Um, so we are going to get the lowdown on all those matches. So we're just going to be talking DC and we're going to be talking wrestling. And, uh, you know, Janelle kind of uh, scooped up a little something that hits both gaming and TV for you uh, on the sweet spot. So we're also going to let you know about that. So like I said, fun times. Let's talk. All right, at the top, we're going to go down through DC Fando, but uh, we're going to do this in the inverted pyramid style of good news journalistic people and uh, start with the big stuff and kind of filter down into the kind of smaller stuff. So, of course, the bell at the ball was right at the end, and that was the first trailer for The Batman, Matt Reeves' Batman reboot starring uh, Robert Pattinson as Batman. And, yeah, we got a nice kind of intro from Matt Reeves where he kind of did this speed dating style uh, kind of explanation of the movie and what's going to be going into it and answer some fan questions. So we have a whole great breakdown of everything we learned from Reeves and that whole panel during DC Fandom up on uh, comicbook.com DC before we got the trailer. And uh, the trailer had admittedly leaked before that DC Fandom security wasn't as tight as it needed to be because the trailer hit uh, a little beforehand. And I, don't, I always love trailer leaks because there's just something weird about seeing them in that weird grainy kind of half filmed way that I enjoy before seeing the official product. Uh, I am not alone because somebody actually went back and made like a, a smuggled Comic-Con version of that trailer. Um, so like they filmed it in Hall H undercover, which is uh, hilarious to me. But anyway, I saw the Batman trailer and um, I enjoyed what I saw. I think I tweeted out that, you know, my favorite movie of all time is seven, which should surprise no one. But since it is seven, now I have a seven style movie with Batman in it. And that's making me really, really happy. And so I kind of dug the vibe of this. And I just want to put out the caveat, me and Connor were talking before the show that like, I, I believe Matt Reeves is quite literal when he says like, this is only 25% of the movie they've shot. And you know, what we're seeing is just a really well edited version of what is basically just the beginnings and kind of loose parts of the movie. So I don't think we've actually seen the major thrust of the storyline or the plot or like anything about it. This is almost like the Suicide Squad sizzle reel from Comic-Con in 2016 is what this made me feel like. Like just really kind of just random stuff they don't have quite together yet, but just put together and for the presentation of this event and some really well done kind of Nirvana music selection and doing that and Michael Giacchino's score and kind of presenting us this and it's just a mood trailer, right? It's just kind of give us the mood and uh, make us want to be boys and eyeliner again, which we haven't felt like since the crow. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love, I love that. The Bucky uh, shot 
where oh, he has, yeah. oh man, Winter Soldier. I loved it. Uh, it took me three different watch throughs to realize the, ba- uh, the penguin, like Colin Farrell. Well, it took the I, and it was still a debate. People were still arguing oh, yeah. about it. Even when okay, I did not know if it was him and people had to point it out to me. I had no idea. I just thought it was some random dude standing there. Yeah, no, people were saying it was a police chief. They thought it was this other actor. People were so patting themselves on the back like, you guys got it wrong. It's not the Penguin. And it was the Penguin, bro. Like, let's all calm down. That's Colin Farrell. He's a Penguin. He's unrecognizable almost in that, uh, in those facial prosthetics. But uh, great. he's a pretty gritty, grimy uh, Oswald Cobblepot busting yeah. off a Mac. He's busting off the Mac. You know, it seems like a pretty intense fight that's going on there. Um, yeah, so like I said, I still think this is just all the just the entry brushstrokes to this movie, though. Like, I think the Riddler thing is just kind of the entryway into the story. I think Penguin is just kind of a character that, you know, is... Oh, yeah, I have no idea what his this. role is <laughs> by the trailer. Gangster. No oh, idea. Like, and that's an interesting thing. What Matt Reeves kind of alluded to is that this is Batman year two, kind of that... I mean, he's just, he didn't say it outright, but this is still that dark, that, uh, you know, long Halloween, dark victory time of year two when Batman, when there was this weird transition after Batman had come on the scene, because year one was very much about the cops and the mob, and it was very much like a throwback gangster kind of police corruption noir thing. Year two, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale, like, really did the weird, the transition period where Gotham went from being ruled by this old kind of noir gangster world to these freaks and villains beginning to pop up and how that and how that transition happened and how kind of messy it was. And so like, I feel like this, he kind of alluded to the fact, Matt Reeves, cause I did this article about there, this is the origin of how villains become, you know, the bigger villains that they are, how Penguin goes from being a gangster to being, you know, Penguin and Riddler and all that stuff. And this version of them that we're getting and guys calm down. This is not like Gotham, the TV series. Um, I think we could safely say after this trailer, uh, nobody's having Gotham vibes. So that was me. How'd you guys feel about the Batman trailer? Any conscientious objectors in here to uh, what they saw? You want me to go first? Pleasantly surprised. I've been very hesitant to like Batman because I know a lot of people liked our last Batman, but I've been waiting for him to be replaced, Ben Affleck, since he started. <laughs> I just wasn't, I Whoa! just didn't. I know, I'm Damn. sorry. I've never said Got it out loud. I said it last night on stream, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be honest. He just, I, I don't buy him as the Batman. I always have just kind of not really liked him in that role. And, um, and I was very freaked out about, you know, the Twilight vampire coming out and playing Batman. And just from this little snippet, I feel so comforted. (laughs) I feel so much more excited about the movie and I feel good about him playing this role. Um, Yeah, I'm really pleasantly surprised and excited. And I loved the whole red color scheme instead of the light blue that we've been seeing with DC. And uh, I don't know, I'm gushing. I'm so pumped. Wow. That's it took good. me a long time to get there, though, because you guys know I've been very hesitant. Yeah. No, it's, uh, uh, it's cool that you crapped on my favorite Batman. It's awesome. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry. 
<laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, okay. We can get uh, into that conversation. No, it's time. fine. Took a, no. time, took a lot of work, but now you got to. <laughs> uh, no, I was I I wasn't hesitant about this because I I liked the casting of Pattinson as Batman, but I was interested to see how this would differ from other interpretations. I mean, how many times have we seen Batman now on the big screen? So uh, I dug it. I I mean I think the seven description of Batman version of seven is pretty accurate. And that's, that sounds cool to me. I, I love the, uh, I, I will say it's a very small, very small s- sample size, of course. So I'm not going to make any giant sweeping statements. However, what I will say is that while I feel like Batfleck can make the corniest lines, uh, s- like palpable, like he can make them actually not sound completely corny. Uh, I have like I haven't been sold on a Batman voice in a minute. Like Kevin Conroy is like the Batman I think of when I think of Batman voice. I hated Bales, uh, so I will say Pattinson from that one line, that vengeance line. I was like, if we get more of that, and that is the kind of what the average is going to be for this movie. I love that Batman voice. Me that too. might be my favorite Batman voice, as long as that is the standard and not just like a one-off right. and he changes it or whatever. But I liked that line it's like that perfect mix of brooding and angry yeah. and he's trying to be a little more but he's it's but still believable sensitive. yeah not, you know oh my god my throat like it's not that <laughs> i hate that i can't stand it um so yeah no i i dug it i was i was on board Donner. yeah there is a lot to like about this um i think the moment i was sold was when uh jeffrey wright who looks amazing as gordon by yeah. the way when he turn when he shows the note and turns and then in walks Pattinson in the full suit. That was the first time I was like, okay, I love this look because we had seen the photos. We had seen, you know, some of the backstage production, him falling off the motorcycle, but this was the first time I was like, Nope, this has all come together. I love the way it's looking here. It's, it's clearly a younger Batman. And the issue, Matt, I know you love Affleck, but the issue I always had with him was that he was stomping around in BVS to Justice League looking like an NFL defensive tackle. And <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he didn't yeah. look... He's built. Dude didn't look human. And I wasn't on this episode when everybody got upset about Pattinson being like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not training as hard for this one. And I'm like, no, you have to look like a normal person in a suit to pull off Bruce Wayne. Affleck really couldn't do that because he's just the, a mountain of a man. But Pattinson's like, no, I, I look unassuming, you know. I may, the bangs make him look a little bit emo. and They maybe do. We'll oh, my this. gosh, he does. He looks emo. <laughs> and I thought about that at first. I was like, but wait a second. Like, look at modern billionaires. They all are weird looking. You know, would it be so crazy that one of them looks like the guy from My Chemical I mean, no, Romance? He's also like a troubled young kid who just, I mean, is still like all right. He yeah. hasn't adopted the Playboy outfit. I'll he make him into know. Christian Grey. Uh, like, they, he doesn't know to hide yet. Like, in yeah. The, he, he hasn't created that persona. Um, that's the final, like, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. You're, you're still. Well, I, I was going to make a couple other points. Uh, I love the Riddler look. I like that they're actually following through with the whole, it's a detective story and it's a mystery. Um, and I also like, and I know they had confirmed this, but I like that they're not screwing around and trying to say that this is in the 80s or in a previous decade. Like that one guy whips out the iPhone. You're like, okay, no, this is present day. We're not screwing with the timelines here. It's just a young Batman. I, yeah. I like that we're not being like, no, it has to be 80s. So there's neon and big hair and ridiculous outfits everywhere. Well, that's the, like that. Yeah, that was kind of what I was going to transition to to end this conversation, which is I like that what Matt Reeves has done tonally. I think he's the first person to kind of really strike that balance between 
something that's a little bit Burton, but also a little bit Nolan. It feels like real. He was talking about like the architecture to places they went, like old Gothic architecture in like old world stuff that you can then paint like a CGI city over. So he's using both kind of techniques. And, and that's the first time, like, I feel like he's doing, again, for a seven comparison, one of the tricks of seven is seven set in a city that feels like it could be any city, but it's no specific city. Yeah. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's nowhere. It's just a city. And this is what Gotham City kind of feels like in this. It's, it feels like a city and it feels like a thing, but slightly off of real life and, and kind of larger than life. Um, right. and, and one, I like the, the subtleties, uh, uh, like, I'm, I'm just, yeah, let me just get this out before I forget. Cause I will forget. It's like the subtleties is his relationship with the cops is something that like we haven't seen really in, in a Batman movie. Cause they always take it like, well, in the real world, the police would be in Matt Reeves is just like, screw all that. Like, this is a city where like in the entry is like, you don't get it the first time until you rewatch the trailer that what the cops are all looking at is you're seeing it from Batman's perspective, walking in to this crime scene, following Gordon and all the cops are kind of looking at them and some of them are like, wow. And some of them are like F you and you know, all of that. And this is just a world where you just accept that, you know, he's already established this tenuous relationship where this dude and who dresses up like a bat gets this weird kind of police privilege. And, you know, he's not going to shy away from that one scene. You see that there's obviously friction between Batman and the police in this, but like, that's just a given. It's just like, accept this. This is a guy who dresses up like this and the police are kind of like, kind of half with it and just they're kind of terrified by him yeah and but this is a real thing and we don't have to like try to be like rationalize well in the real world how would like no this is a story and this is how the police react and it's very subtle but he just kind of deftly does that in that kind of trailer it's just like okay so the police know about batman and like he walks around and this is in in a weird way kind of the adam westy thing where he can like get called on the bat phone by gordon and then like you know come into the city so i kind of dug that Going back to your point about setting, one of the best tricks the Batman animated series ever did was you could never tell what time period it took in the the technology and you know what everybody was wearing. It all matched modern time for the '90s, but all the TVs were in black and white, and all the the criminals have Tommy guns. If they play around with that, I think there could be a lot of fun with how this movie looks going forward. Oh, I mean, Penguin was definitely squeezing off a Mac 11. Like, I mean, like, they're, they're, they are definitely fully gay, modern gangsters, like, squeezing off, like, autumn weapons. And that Joker-painted looking dude is carrying a huge machete. So, Gotham mm-hmm. City is pretty much a nightmare and from, from what I've seen in this trailer. Man, like, wouldn't, yeah. it, wouldn't it be amazing, though, if just as a, like, as a small little Easter egg, Reeves gives us the animated Batmobile? from Batman animated series this is my still my favorite Batmobile. <laughs> I love that oh, thing. Yeah. It's so impractical. I mean, it's ridiculous. It looks, I don't know how oh, you would yeah. drive that thing, but it's it amazing. It's so different compared to what they're working with now. It's, yeah, which like, is awesome. So I I just love day. the thing of like a quick aside of like, yeah, so we tried this and that failed miserably, so we went with this. It was a formal practical. Like that would be awesome. Anyway, good to yeah. Yeah. No, man. I think and I still think this is going to be an evolution where we get at the end of this we will get like a new because they got to sell merch. So we will get like a new Batman at the end of this new bat suit. I would figure maybe an upgraded Batmobile and kind of like, it'll be like the glacier suit, Batman, just no more <laughs> iron bat suits. We don't need no more, any more Iron Man parodies in this. Harpoon Batman. No. Parachute Batman. No, undersea Batman's the next one I need to see. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. But that's the Batman trailer. You can get that and all our breakdowns at comicbook.com DC. And we're going to move on from that to more DC. Let's talk about the rest of DC fandom. 
And uh, somewhere in between here, we'll take a break because, uh, yeah, this is going to be a long one. So let's get in. Moving off the Batman, the other big thing that kind of happened first in terms of we're going to stick with movies. Then we're going to talk about the uh, games. And then we're going to talk about what happened on TV because TV was kind of the most muddled thing in this whole thing. So. For real. Yeah, so we're going to talk. Just keep it. Let's keep it clean. Uh, let's talk about Wonder Woman 1984. They dropped a new trailer, um, which gave away. I mean, Patty Jenkins has done a good job of not really over explaining this plot. And not, like, I don't feel like I've seen the whole movie. I definitely they did have to go to that third act. Cheetah reveal, um, which I'm sure you, you feel how you feel. I mean, it just looks like a CGI Kristen Wiig jumping around like a cat. But uh I'm fine with that, but um, the thing is that we got to see just kind of more of the personal story beats, and and I like that. I liked this idea of uh, Max Warlord, Lord, whatever kind of device or artifact he finds that like grants these wishes, and I'm sure has some kind of exacting cost to them. Um, and this whole idea of selling that lifestyle and using that as a kind of parody of things that are happening in the real world because he's just selling lies, and he's, and he's obviously a con man in this. Um, I like how they kind of showed you the story beats about why that connects like, you know, Barbara and Minerva and, and Diana and Steve Trevor and that whole thing. Cause it actually makes it look like there's an actual heart to this story about like kind of getting what you want or wishing things you could be different and having to kind of accept the world as it is, which was a continuation of what, you know, I've recently watched the first movie and what Wonder Woman was dealing with in the first film was the idealism of, her idea of what the world should be versus her having to kind of accept that. So um, I like that. And I like the trailer. So I'm still kind of like, I really hope Wonder Woman comes out in November. I don't know. I'm beginning to think I'll be ready to, I think I'm beginning to crack because, you know, I feel like barriers are just breaking down and people are getting back to life. So right. ready by yeah. November to get, well, to get in there and see this. And that was why they had to do the cheetah thing, right? Because everybody's seen in some version or another, what cheetah looks like whether it's a funko pop or a thing of cereal or like so much of the stuff has come out already and they're just trying to hide it as best they can or like screw it let's let's get it out there i i saw that you know there was some device in this about her like i actually thought she looked fine i didn't have a i actually like the fight the fight yeah it's really good exactly Um, like her standing still you can kind of like yes i can see why some would have like little an issue vibes. here yeah but but when she's in motion and like that whole scene against the wall whatever i thought that looked dope i was like no okay, it looks like they're crazy. gonna have an awesome fight and it's gonna be much better than the first film so oh I'm god aries i actually mm-hmm. watched that i'm not so mad at that that's actually a good fight because it's actually like a star wars duel there's a lot of characterization he just stuff. looks he's just he's looks looked so dumb in that suit yeah yeah that's man. that's what it is yeah. if they swap that out with just like a different model or whatever like if there's just they should have gone full cgi steppenwolf like god form like yeah because then it would have been i think people would have said like oh it's generic but at least it looks like the fight itself looks cool but in this case i think this is the best trailer so far like i'm the most excited for it now with this trailer and some of the other ones i've been a little muted uh i could watch that scene where she lassos the lightning over and over oh my god that seems so so, cool they were so smart to open it up with that I love that. So yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm yeah. ready, but I agree. I don't think this one, this is one of those few movies where like if theaters are even, are even just holding kind of steady and things aren't completely going nuts with the pandemic and things like that. And there's not this unease of whether they'll be open, go ahead and release it. Like you, you might not, 
hit as big, but I think the further this movie gets pushed past this year, it hurts it as opposed to some of the other ones that I feel like actually have probably benefited from it. But this one, because we've seen so much, because the lead up has been so big and then it just keeps getting pushed back. This is one of the ones where I'm almost like, go ahead and push it, go ahead and release it. Let's, let's get it out there. I'm really thinking it, like you said, if it's not a, if flu season hasn't like completely, put us all back into like deep hovels again by November. Like I'm going to be ready, like to go out and go see this in a theater. Like I'm yeah. doing it. So yeah, I'm just getting to the end mentally. Looks so yeah, it looks good. Wonder Woman 1984. I'm still on board with this. And I like this one because it, I love the heart of the first one and, and the kind of deeper heart of it. And this looks like it hasn't even more fully realized. All right. The suicide squad featurette. Let's talk about that, man. This was just uh this one just looks crazy. I mean, just getting like the character rundown in this, like it was crazy. Like just figuring out, finally getting the answer of who everybody was playing. And the best part is of James Gunn and why I love James Gunn is he could drop this quote unquote reveal. Cause he knows like still everybody was probably like, what <laughs> to like half of these characters. Uh, so Here's the breakdown. I mean, we know Amanda Waller, Viola Davis, Margaret Robbie's Hailey Quinn, Captain Boomerang, Jai Courtney, Joel Kinnaman's Rick Flag, Oh David Dallas Malchian from Ant Man is Polka Dot Man, Steve G is King Shark, uh, Daniela Malakar is Rat Catcher Two, John Cena um, is uh, oh man Peacemaker. Yeah, we only had like it's I such a cornball breakdown in this article. I love it. So good, <sighs> man. It looks Somebody, so good. Who wrote this article? They only did like a okay. Well. They did some of the character breakdowns in here, but not all of them. But like, yeah, John Cena's Peacemaker. Weasel! Uh, Weasel. We got Weasel. (laughs) Sean Gunn is Weasel. I'm so excited for what that's going to be. Yeah. I feel like like James Gunn just did that on purpose to be like, hey, my brother's in this. I'm going to make fun of him. Yeah, but it's great. Uh, Bloodsport. Who saw that coming? I didn't see uh, that coming. I like Flula and Peter Capaldi, but that's because I'm a fan. And I also think Flula's hilarious. (laughs) I just think he's so funny. Uh, Capaldi's thinker, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. And it looks great. Mylan Eng. Looks like Hellraiser. Eng is a mobile female. It's just something when, like, because uh, like soul Sor- oh that's right Soria. yeah god this roster uh, keeps keeps going it's crazy that when you make gail simone's uh secret six and like suicide squad group that had Catman, when you make them look b-list compared to some of the names you pulled out here it's like oh my god <laughs> like the fact that this i'm surprised it didn't have like ragdoll like, there was a couple other people i was actually surprised didn't pro- it sounds in. like they were too big Right. Like, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. who has heard of have like TDK? I have, I I'm going to be honest. I have yeah. no clue who that is. I don't know. I'm going to tell you straight <laughs> off the bat. I do not know who 2D TDK is. Bloodsport is. I do not know who Black is. I mean, Art shout is. outs to the Weasel, actors playing Savant. them. Uh, I know right. who They're going to have to do some is. serious like, research. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. Like, half, half the fun of this movie is going to be, okay, of all these ridiculous characters, which one actually makes it to the end? Yeah. yeah. My money's on Polka Dot Man and Weasel. They're both oh, making God, it. Man. Oh, you don't think Thinker? I'm so excited. No, some of them them are going to pull a slipknot and die right away. Oh, Oh, yeah. Some of these people are getting killed off. That's the beauty of it. Like some of the, I feel like Pete Davidson's going to be the first one to go. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I just the way he he's going to get eaten. hanging around. Like he just was like sitting around, like, I don't know anything about this movie. I'm like, I just felt his vibe during the interview was like, I'm in this movie for like 0.2 seconds. And <laughs> like, 
I get very Brad Pitt in uh, Deadpool. Yeah. <laughs> Heard people badass. saying he's gonna get eaten uh, by King Shark and then like live inside of him. King Shark is another one. I am so excited that he's in this. Yeah, that's gonna be yeah, great. Boy, the hotness! If there's an MVP like new hotness character coming out of Fandom, I feel like it's King Shark. Oh, King Shark oh, yeah. is having a day, right? Yeah, he's having his time now. <laughs> yeah, Flash set him up, and now between this movie and uh, the um, Suicide Game. Squad kills a Justice League, yeah. yeah, he's just he's really killing it. So we got to see like um, a featurette of this movie after they made a big deal out of presenting the cast and who they're playing and all that and the reveal. And we got to see a featurette that was basically a making of. And because like me and Connor were saying before the show, um, we're going to get into this, but Fandom really did pull kind of a three card money trick that in, in very well of presenting a very good virtual event with limited actual content, gold content or top shelf content. Like, we didn't have enough for like a real sizzle reel finished one of the Suicide Squad. So we got to make enough, but it is what James Gunn promised. It looks like a 1970s huge action movie like The Dirty Dozen or something like that. That's going to be a version of that that's just twisted and, and, and crazy in, in the James Gunn way. And I am here for watching some of these famous people and or people in crazy costumes get horribly murdered and as they try to complete this mission. All right, we're going to stop there and pay some bills. But when we come back, we're going to finish breaking down DC Fandom, everything in WWE that happened in NXT. So stay tuned for all of that. All right, we're back. So we're talking DC Fandom and... uh, Next up on the list and the next biggest thing is after Suicide Squad was Black Adam. The Rock showed up and this movie isn't really in production yet. So The Rock came out to kind of do a WWE style showmanship ring and hype up his movie. He trash talked the entire DC uh, Universe franchise and challenged all the other heroes. Um, But we also got to see some pretty cool concept art. And that was, that was actually pretty cool. That's, I mean, if you don't really have anything to show in terms of footage like that, so that's a pretty good backup. So we got to see kind of what the Black Adam movie is going to be doing in this, um, the story of Kandar and all of that and how Adam starts out as a slave and then becomes the protector of his city, runs afoul of the wizard and kind of gets busted down and then emerges again after X amount of time and is begin working with the, D, with the JSA and we got to see concept art of what Hawkman, Adam Spasher, Cyclone, and Dr. Fate will look like, which is a pretty cool lineup of characters to get. I mean, except for Cyclone. I mean, I don't know much about Cyclone. So Matt, maybe you can explain that to us because that was just a, a weird one to me. But um, the other ones are pretty cool. Um, and yeah, Adam Smasher, the concept art, all of that looked cool. That was, uh, that was uh, pretty dope. So I'm kind of now excited for Black Adam and it looks like it's going to be I mean, The Rock was talking trash and building hype, but it does look like it's going to be a kind of game-changing chapter for the DC movie franchise. It looks like it's going to open doors to a lot of other franchises and have ties between kind of like mysticism and the superhero stuff and all of that. So I'm kind of interested to see. Um, And there's rumors that I think Eclipso could be a villain, which opens up all kinds of other doors. So this was, uh, yeah, this was actually a pretty pretty good look. What do you guys think of Black Adam? I'm more excited now. I'm, I'm, more, I'm definitely more into it after seeing the concept art, for sure. Yeah, I'm not the biggest like, Black Adam person. So the fact that The Rock is playing him is really the biggest draw for me. <laughs> draw. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, to be, I mean, yeah, like I've liked him in Injustice and I've liked him in other places. But overall, I will probably say that that's just my 
can take it or leave it feeling towards like the whole Shazam side of things. Like that's just never been a huge thing for me. So seeing the JSA was really cool. Like that, again, it was having the rock, actually seeing him in the suit and the concept art and seeing like what he'll look like. He looks like a badass, So that's awesome. Uh, and then seeing some of the JSA, especially like Dr. Fate, Cyclone surprised me. Um, that's, I mean, comparatively, that's a relatively newer character. I mean, she's been around for a bit, but compared to like Dr. Fate and Hawkman, it's a relatively yeah. newer character. So I'm interested to see what route they go. Um, I've like never Hawkman. been a Hawkman fan, like, <laughs> like ever. Uh, so I am very curious because, I mean, the interpretations we've seen of Hawkman so far in like, I will say television, like we saw him pop up in Smallville and then Legends had a whole Hawkman, Hawkgirl thing. I love Hawkgirl, never been a big, Hawkman person, and they have a very hard time getting them right on on screen, other than the animated series, which killed them. They knocked them out of the park. They're great in that series. But outside of that, it's been a rough go. So I'm very curious to see like if they're if she, like Hawkman is gonna really figure into this, how they how they handle it. I've fingers crossed they get it right. Because Well, that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of it looks like Black Adam is kind of a door opener. Like you have some of those films that are kind of big expanders for the franchise and this looks like it could take everything from alien stuff to mystical stuff to superhero stuff and kind of blend it all together and it looks like hawkman looking at the concept art is is the classic kind of carter hall wearing the harness um yeah and you know and that's going to open doors i think to nth metal and that whole stuff and like if we see thanagar like that's cool like if he's like journeying that way you know, like yeah, that's what I'm be, saying. We're gonna open the door to that, but cool. I don't think that's gonna be in this movie. It'll be kind of like I think this yeah. Hawkman will be dealing with like the past lives and how he knows Adam and all that stuff. And like, yeah, we're gonna have to deal with that first before we get. To I this. know, but it's just it's always like you know how people when people explain Cable, who again yeah. I love Cable, but anytime so so what is he about? It's like oh Jesus, I mean, like Hawkman like, is that exact full of a, full of a bar stool. Here's a shot. Okay, here we go. Yeah, it's the most yeah, comic so, booky of origins. He, and I mean, things. he looks cool. The, the wings yeah. look cool. They kind of look like like sharp feathers and stuff. It looks yeah. pretty, pretty cool. Dr. Fate all looks JSA, awesome. Yeah, Dr. Yeah. Fate. All the JSA stuff looks pretty awesome. So I'm kind of interested to see this. It made me definitely more interested than I was as well to see Black Adam. Yeah. Um, on the Flash front, we got to see a little bit about the Flash movie and hear from the creators about what kind of story they're creating. Also, um, it was funny. We just had this whole conversation last time about the Ezra Miller thing and what they addressed. And we kind of demurred from that, like about that whole thing. And apparently Warner Brothers did too, uh, which became a big thing on the internet that uh, they Ooh. didn't even address the Ezra Miller thing. But I was joking with Roxy Stryer, who's an also excellent person in our industry. And um, that, you know, if you really watch that panel, it, it made you seem like, like you know Ezra Miller could be a creepy dude in a bunker somewhere um he, he was strange and eccentric so uh to say the least um yeah, there was but, just this big elephant in the middle of the panel and no one addressed it yeah <laughs> nope 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 they just did a flash instead they said look look Matt at this flash like concept joke. art huh oh, I thought it was Matt good did not like I that thought joke. it was good like, hmm. no no judgy no judgy yeah. The big reveal is that they were like, you know, Zack Snyder, we're tired of handling this crazy costume you made, so we're giving the Flash just a regular costume. It's a spandex, but it channels lightning energy. Yay! So we got, like, more of a kind of spandex runner suit for the Flash coming, and there's some cool concept art of him kind of not getting into battle with, uh, with uh, what looks like Keaton's Batman. And so, you know, this movie, 
is going to be kind of really cool. They didn't do too much of just hyping like how Keaton or Affleck are going to both be in this. I thought they could have done some more with that, but um, it was still right. kind of interesting to kind of hear and just hear the teases and from like the, the script writer and about the multiverse. And again, like Black Adam, I feel like this movie and Black Adam are in some ways, and aren't these both 2022? I feel like these are both the 2022 films. It got moved to 2022. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah. So I feel like these are both going to be like the major franchise expansion pieces. I agree. Multiverse, full mystic verse, like full, all of that stuff. Because the core components of both of these, I could really care less about. It's everything that comes with them. Like it's the, all the doors that flash opens up. (laughs) And in that way, DC has finally become Marvel. Hey, it's we smart. want that yeah. though. Smart, yeah. yeah. Hey, there's no royal we. I'm part of the Snyder. I'm part of the Snyder fandom. Don't I mean, I do like this. I don't know. Okay, just wait, whoa, 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 whoa. DC fandom and Snyder fandom aren't necessarily mutually exclusive. Like they're all. The yes, same. I know. But like uh, <laughs> being part of the Snyder fandom was like the whole movement back in the early, like in the 2010s, was we we were going to do stuff that wasn't Marvel. We were anti-Marvel rebels once upon a time. Yeah. Now we've that, all lived long enough to see ourselves become the villains. That didn't really pan out. And yeah, hence how we've lived long enough to become the villains. Well, it's panning out now. Are we going to ta- talk about that, by the way? I don't see it on the... Oh, yeah, I forgot. Oh, I completely forgot to put that on there. Wow. One of the biggest things. Right? Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm so prepared today. Um, yes, let's do that <laughs> next. So we saw Flash, new concept art. You can see that on there. Um, yeah, DC's going full multiverse. That was the whole thing. But yes, we got the teaser, an epic, long trailer for Justice League, the Snyder Cut. And so we got to see, I mean, yeah, and this, people have been doing comparison videos. And this is, I mean, this is definitely going to be a different movie, like in, in all intents and purposes. Very dark. Very, very mm-hmm. dark and different kind of. Which is what it was supposed to be. So I don't mind it. And it was quintessential Snyder. And I... What I love about Zack Snyder is he does, Matt pointed this out, is he has like a almost cruel biting sense of humor. So he put this together, a trailer, using music that he had been mocked for previously using in Watchmen um, for how you was during the big sex scene in Watchmen with Patrick Wilson and Malin Ackerman. Um, God, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. And that was all like, yeah. And so he got kind of mocked for that. So what does he do? He gets his Justice League redo. He pulls out that old song. He throws it together in a trailer. And uh, yeah, no, it's uh, the Hallelujah, tr- Hallelujah. I always say that wrong. Trailer. Um, he's yeah. so salty. <laughs> and I love it. It's so salty he's, on yeah, Twitter. He's so like, jaded. who who did he go after on Twitter? I saw that it was an exchange of like he just like ripped someone apart. Uh, uh, like called them. Uh, it was the thing that took over the internet that day because he called. He said it was grownups. What did he say? This was a movie for grownups yeah. or an adult movie, and like I was like, oh god, okay. <laughs> I my eyes can't roll back far. <laughs> so much resentment. I mean, to be okay. Here's the thing, and as known, me and Kofi have debated Snyder Cut on many an occasion. So I'm not coming at this from like you know, like I'm completely in Snyder's corner or anything like that. But what I will say is, I take your lap. I'm okay with him being salty. He deserves salty. It. This is a like, rare thing in the industry. It's like Jared Leto with his Joker. He's allowed to be salty. Take, stop take, it. Stop he, it. Stay in your box. Stay in I, your box. Don't try to slip your calls in here. He didn't get his chance, man. Don't try to slip your calls in here. Okay, but 
Here's, but here's how that would be the same. If they go, hey, Leto, you can do a Joker movie now, and he gets to come back, yeah, take your lap, right? We would expect yeah. him to like do his little celebratory thing. I would so, love that. I don't agree with what he's saying. I think that's like reining it a little bit, of course. But at the end of the day, I'm totally cool with him. Like, ride that. Look, you got money put into you to make this thing. You're Girl, like, go ahead. I also feel like it's unfair to compare the two at this point because he's getting four parts. It's going to be four hours comparative. You know, it's just not, I don't think it's even a thing. We should stop comparing and just like, let's just, Whoa. enjoy each for what they are did you I like that part did they confirm how they're formatting this thing yes, yes. yeah four one hour pieces oh really yes Whoa, amazing man lots Sorry, and lots of content people. now here's so okay so that's, I did that's the way see, i wanted it i'm behind me that. too me i too. did see a bunch of stuff online of like you know how it's it's the same movie and i don't it's weird because it's not, I don't think it's as simple as that. I don't think you can boil that down to it's the same movie. Or it's not the same movie that I don't feel like the argument applies because all the footage we saw was new. new. That, you can't argue that there's not right. new footage here, that there's not additional, like the whole, even more just the flash story. stuff it, alone. Yeah. It did like, more than that. It, it showed you how the new stuff actually, he actually took pieces of the film of that. They used his stuff in the theatrical and said, no, in this trailer, here's yeah. how, like, the context of how that even really fit. He like, just mind. Flash alone. Like, all the Flash parts are like, yes, you can see how that fits into his time-traveling thing. And then, of course, Clemens makes her final, a long-awaited debut and all that stuff. So I don't feel like that's valid. I don't feel like you can come away and say, like, it's going to be the same movie. No. Whether that makes it better or not remains to be seen. But I don't feel right. like you can make that judgment either yet because we haven't seen the full complete thing. So I don't feel like I did see a lot of that back and forth. And I'm like, I don't think you can really say it's it's not a, a going to be a different movie. It no. is. There's going to be a lot of footage we've seen, of course, obviously. But there was a lot here. Uh, there was a yeah. lot here. And I think it's important because, uh, I mean, I'm having to have this debate on several fronts about like what the real semantics are about what we're trying to do here is important. Like, this is not about giving us a new chance at Justice League. This is about giving the person who was making Justice League as part of a multi-film story he had been telling the fair chance to make the film that he was, that he was making. That's what fans wanted. They wanted to see, for better or for worse, this director's complete vision. Man of Steel, the full Batman, Superman, and Zack Snyder's Justice League. They wanted to see that full story. Um, and that's what we're getting. And, and this is very much... And, what, if nothing else is just revealing that, yeah, this man was pulled off this film during production in the middle of what he was doing. They said it was post-production, but we can tell that's pretty much untrue. It was just filming stuff in front of green screens and, and cranes and then creating the entire movie, which became a very different movie under Josh Whedon. So, you know, all the PR stuff aside, we're now just getting him to make his movie. And you can tell right from this trailer, it was a very different version of a movie that, you know, the bare bones are the same. Steppenwolf comes to Earth looking for mother boxes. Justice League got to stop Steppenwolf. Justice League stops Steppenwolf. You know, Superman comes back. Same beats are there. But how that all is going to play out and the richness of what he was building is going to be much different. We can already tell that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I missed the whole thing about there was so much information in this that, you know, I did miss that. That's crazy. So we're getting four parts. That's good because that's how I wanted it. I wanted it as like a limited series that can take the time and really go into depth and, and do all the things that, you know, the theatrical and the format of a movie couldn't do. So 
We're basically, and ironically, if you've been at this since the beginning of the 2010s and, and you've been covering this stuff, ironically, we've come full circle back to the original Zack Snyder Justice League one and two, two-part movie that essentially was, was always going to be the thing at first when we first got the DCEU kind of breakdown. So here we are again, my friend. All right, moving on from that. Finally, yes, we confirmed that um, Hamada said, basically, uh, Warner Brothers, you know, DC president said, yeah, they're definitely leaning into this multiverse thing. This is official. Like, we're going DC multiverse, and they're going to do everything and play around with everything, and Crisis kind of opened the door, and our our own Jenna Anderson and Nicole Drum are in their lap because uh, Crisis has opened the door to all of this. And once they tested that out on the small screen and people were with it, they're like, okay, we can make whatever we want. So we're going to get more Jokers. We're going to have this Justice League universe. And here's my sweet thing that I can say. Yeah, that I can say. Oh, God, do not bring that up, Matthew. No. I read that first issue. How dare you? The Batman, we've confirmed the Batman is its own separate universe from Justice League. So Manhunter and all some of the regular commenters – because as soon as they announced the Batman TV you series, call them out. Yeah, I'm calling them out by name, son. Because you went on my, I went back to my article saying when uh, when they did the Batman spinoff TV show and they said it's its own universe. I did an article that said, okay, well, Batman's its own universe, and I got rained down on hate. You know, you're just one clicks. You don't know this. You are you're misreading the sentence. You don't know how to read. Blah 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 blah. Batman's its own universe. It ain't part of the Justice League universe, DC, whatever you want to call it. And what? We got your back, Kofi. Yeah, my Christmas bonus is still on track. I don't know what you're doing. All right. (laughs) Janelle's B-boy pose right now is amazing. (laughs) Yeah, she's being a great hype. She's being a great hype woman. uh, So, yes, the Batman's its own universe. Don't come for me. All right, so that's the movies and stuff. Let's move on to the games. um, Oh, my gosh, yes. So Matt, take it away. This is your this is your jam. Tell us about the games. Let's start with a uh, Suicide Squad kills the Justice League. Cool, yeah. So Rocksteady's long-awaited uh, new video game that feels like it's been in development forever finally got announced. We did not get gameplay, but we did get a pretty sweet opening cinematic. Uh, it's going to be a online co-op as well as couch co-op, uh, four-player co-op game, and it is so far the only characters they've revealed are Deadshot, uh, King Shark. Uh, who is voiced by Samoa Joe, right? Yes. 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 So uh, cool. Captain Boomerang, and then, of course, Harley Quinn. Uh, and then uh, they got kind of various costumes, uh, costume designs. It was pretty cool. And then we got to see, like, it's very lighthearted, very in the vein of, like, the Suicide Squad movies. Um, I will say, like, James Gunn, that movie style, it seems to be very, just, like, very meta. It's going to be fun. And then we get to the one of the best parts of the trailer, which is that uh, King Shark has this, like, over, over thing when Superman shows up. The mighty Superman just <laughs> rescued that pilot. It's so great. And then literally, like, Superman fries his head. Uh, and they're just like, oh, my God, like there's a, there's a great whole thing. And like, who are we after? So, of course, the plot is that uh, Suicide Squad is going to have to take down the Justice League, which seemed to be controlled by Brainiac from the big giant fortress that was like at the very beginning of the trailer. Uh, and his, his eyes are purple and things like that. So we're guessing. Also, Matt, did you pick this up? Superman looking like John Cena? Huh. Did he? Is that character that character huh. model looks like Cena. Uh, I'm sorry to bring I'm sorry to bring this thing to a halt but that has been bugging me all week I don't I will have to go look I didn't I didn't like immediately 
Me neither. Yeah. In the face. Cena I was vibe. like, that looks like and I watched him. that thing like three times. I loved it. Though, boy, could Cena do a mean Superman voice? Oh, yeah. yeah. I think so. And if they're already dipping into the WWE well, who knows? Maybe Joe, Cena's yeah. in there. Um, but yeah, look, it looked really fun. I mean, I wish... The, the other big takeaway before I go into that, like impressions, like the big, the other big takeaway is that's 2022. So it is still, this thing has been in development for what it feels like, like five years. It's still <laughs> in 2022 will be next wow. gen only. Uh, so, you know, PS4, Xbox ones won't be able to play this. This will be fully next gen. Uh, I wish there had been some gameplay, but I love the vibe. Also the other big thing, and we'll get to why this matters uh, with the next game is that this is actually set in the Arkham universe. So way, Rocksteady is, is picking that up. That's definitely Cena looking at it. And for gameplay, it? it's okay. yeah. single player or co-op for, right? Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so yeah. it, it, looks, it looks fun. I, I love the vibe. Um, I, I think once we start seeing the other bosses being like the other members of the Justice League, we'll, you know, we'll get a better feel for like how this plays. Uh, but it is set in the Arkham universe. So we, we still don't know like timeline wise like exactly how long it's been since Arkham Knight or if, if this is even before, I don't think so. But I do like that they're playing in Metropolis. Uh, it's, it's just a way different vibe than Gotham. And I think even Kofi had said like, I'm kind of done with being in moody Gotham for, yeah, I for mean, Rocksteady. We, we, had, we had done yeah. that to death. Um, yeah, this looks a lot different. And it's, and it's like a very different Metropolis under siege, uh, Brainiac invasions. And some of the best stories people love in DC are like those Metropolis invasion stories and stuff like that. So, Can we address that Captain Boomerang uh, all of a sudden has the ability to like teleport with his boomerangs, but it so, looked awesome. <laughs> the way I yeah. saw that was he throws the boomerang and then yeah. it he travels to it. Rather yeah, than, it, it's like, like the opposite cool. Yelner. <laughs> right. yeah. That's really cool. No, it's basically Sombra from Overwatch. Which is really cool because he does not have that in the books, but I think that's a really great way of like adding something to his arsenal, making that character really fun to play other than just being like, hey, throw this Throw this boomerang. Well, yeah. I mean, I also here. feel like this story could involve them all having some kind of enhancements and upgrades. Otherwise, yeah. they can't go after the Justice League like tradition. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. So. Um, and I, I mean, it looked fun. I, I did see some divisiveness on the Harley Quinn voice, uh, which was surprising yeah, to me because didn't like it. it is, isn't it strong? It sounded like Tara so. Strong. Yeah, yeah so that's why I was strong. like, I have nothing okay, wrong if with it her is look her, or she's voice. Not, if it is her, she's not doing the voice she did in Arkham Knight because that was completely different. Yeah, I, I just, I was surprised. I actually saw a lot of. If like, it's not her, somebody definitely doing their best, Tara Strong. Like, yeah, their their impression is deadly on. Um, and then the the first, so that's the second game that was announced towards the end of Fandom. Then the beginning of Fandom uh, got Gotham Knights, which is the long teased uh, follow up from WB Montreal. Uh, this uh, is a two-player at least so far it's only been said uh, that not to interrupt you, but it is it's confirmed it is terra strong it is terra strong okay yeah, it's on imdb already um so this one is only two-player uh online it's still two-player online co-op though so it's so that's cool uh it is a essentially like an action rpg is the best way to describe it you're going to be able to take uh batgirl red hood robin who is tim drake and then nightwing uh, on this adventure in a, in a world that Batman has died. And so it kind of sends these protocols into place. Jim Gordon is also evidently dead. Uh, and um, the Court of Owls has kind of taken control from some hints uh, in the game. Like uh, if you look at the badge 
uh, that you see uh, in one of the parts of the trailer. It actually has an owl at the very top of the badge. So it mm -hmm. looks like they've taken maybe over the Gotham PD with Gordon gone. It kind of makes sense that they don't really have any allies. So again, they're going to go on this adventure. Uh, but one of the things that is teased towards the end, of course, as we know with Talons, is that those are people like that are turned into assassins that come back. They're kind of injected with the serum and can come back from the dead and sent on missions when they have to style. die right yeah they have to die to be able to be talons it very right? much hints that bruce wayne is in one of those coffins i know so one that's a way to like get around the whole like batman's dead thing and then two i would imagine we would have that group of four take but him like on how would they point. reverse that Man, Do they I save him and somehow reverse it? Oh my gosh. It's because Bryce, he's Batman. Gets the mind, yeah. gets the mind thinking. Uh, <laughs> one of the, the coolest parts, I mean, I was super stoked because like Batgirl was like very much the focus of this. So you got to see some of the gameplay. Uh, they showed a lot of gameplay on this actually. And there seemed to be like different timelines or different timelines within the story because like they're all wearing different costumes at one point. Mm -hmm. And then we see what their current costumes are. Um, Tim Drake very much looks, looks like a mix of Damian Wayne and Tim Drake. He looks like Damian Wayne. And then it, that's yeah. why it kind of surprised people when they confirmed that's Tim Drake. Um, it looks you'll see some of the numbers fly up when they're doing combat. So there are going to be a lot of like RPG elements, very like X-Men Legends-y, I'm guessing. Um, I don't know how like armor and stuff like that will work. But I do like that evidently in this world, the bosses uh in the game will kind of rise with your level as you gain levels they'll also gain levels um so there's there's a lot of that rpg stuff in here which sounds awesome this is 2021 so at least we don't have to wait as long for this one this one is also though as opposed to suicide squad not tied to the arkham universe so this is a separate completely separate world from kill the justice league so but they did a fun little trick with that where if you had played through the Arkham games, this would be the next point in that story where the other guys have to be like, hey, Batman is dead. We have to go deal with exactly. this. Exactly. Well, and so like you saw Jason Todd. Like, yeah. Yeah. When you first see it, it's like, yeah. It's like there was an explosion. Bruce Wayne is dead. I went, oh my God, it's a sequel. But it's like, wait, it's not a sequel. Yeah. You won't know that unless you pay very close attention. Yeah. 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 They play, they walked the line very well. They were, they were very cinematic. smart. It was a great cinematic. It made me feel it's like I'm gonna step up and replace Batman. <laughs> so yeah, I'm very I'm stoked. That's the one I'm most excited about. It helped that they also showed some gameplay, but that's the one I'm most excited about. But Kill the Justice League looks awesome too. So great game for games. Yeah, Batgirl looked awesome. All right, so moving right along, that's about uh, it from DC Fandom. Except um, we got kind of like brief fleeting updates about the Arrowverse, um, Aquaman 2, we kind of got a tease. It's going to be very real world based. We don't know what that means, but you know, it's going to deal with real, real issues and that could mean anything after 2020. Yeah. So yeah, it could be a race war in Atlantis, the environment, it could be a lot of stuff, uh, a rigged King election, who knows? So we're going to see what that's about. But um, yeah, the other kind of only disappointing thing that they kind of skirted around was we only got a little bit of brushstrokes. There wasn't much to say about the Arrowverse. There's, there's not a lot of gas in that tank. I don't feel like, like they're just like, well, post-crisis, we'll have some fun. Um, yeah, but uh, we didn't learn anything about the HBO Max TV series, really, and about that whole universe or those big plans. And that was something we were kind of looking forward to and hoping for. 
So we didn't get that. We didn't get much of Green Lantern, no concept art or anything no. like that, or any of the other series or what happens to DC Universe and Doom Patrol. Um, we I am excited like Titans. for Titans. Yeah, Titans. Barbara Gordon, Titans. baby. Barbara Gordon's coming, and we're getting uh, Karen Walters will go from Jason Todd Robin to Red Hood, which if you saw that kid, I mean, he's great. Like, he's probably oh, he's one of my awesome. favorite Batman actors in anything right now. Um, he's going to be yeah. such a great Red Hood. Oh, yeah. Because I was going to say, that's, I mean, that's been his personality from, from Jump Street is you could just see Red Hood Jason Todd in him. Like, so that's going to be awesome. Also, there I are two Titan. characters that won the day. It was King Shark and Red Hood. They were in everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Red Hood was in everything. Love. Yeah, they're getting mad love right now. Why not? It's their time. So, yeah. Also, one of my favorite things of the whole thing was the Q&A with Kaylee Kuko as Harley Quinn doing that Q&A like was just so and they like let her just do that character the r-rated kind of adult thing like in full that was so great i mean i think they bleep things but they she just said some stuff to some fans that was just like holy god i can't <laughs> believe like she said that That's and awesome. she's having a great job i mean she does a great yeah. job in that series and she has a blast doing that you can she's tell, such like. a good harley yeah, mm-hmm. it's just like her therapy. I think they just she just cuts loose and just like says what she wants to say about everything. Um, so like yeah, it's it's uh, that was great too. So um, all in all, DC fandom very successful event in my book. Um, yeah, all right, moving right along in our deep dive section, we're gonna go through this real quick because I want to give Connor and Matt some time to really get into the wrestling events uh, with these kind of like last ten minutes we got. But uh, Janelle wanted to kind of put you guys on, and I kind of researched before I trusted her opinion. No, I'm just kidding. I always trust your opinion. <laughs> but I just was interested in it. I and, do uh, watch Netflix, the Great British Baking Show. Yeah, you were just telling me about that, like if we were going to cover that. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I was you're a little joking, suspect. I swear. But um, yeah, basically Netflix's High Score, which is a good docuseries out right now. If you are a gamer, uh, uh, especially if you're a gamer from like the 80s on, you got to watch this. It's about the world of gaming and how it came about. And unlike other series, which focus on like particular places here and there, like on Nintendo or on like, you know, the rise of role playing games, this one is about everything, the entire world of gaming. And so it it kind of does what the last dance does. And so it starts with like a seemingly simple story before it gives you how these one event connects to all these other figures in gaming at the same time and their stories and what they were working on and how they influenced each other or created competition or created lawsuits that like push the industry forward. Um, how Atari and Japan's developers led to this and that and the other. And so it's, um, it's really a comprehensive look at the entire rise of the gaming industry and all the bumps and starts and stops and even figures you didn't even know were kind of big in it. Um, whose stories maybe didn't get told some of the female figures, people of color who actually helped push it forward in a huge way that you don't hear about as much and you get to meet. And so like, it's really interesting. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it gets a bit technical at times, like it gets a bit (laughs) bit nerdy and technical and computer (laughs) Cody at times when they're talking about making circuit boards and changing arcade machines and the hand. That was cool though. That was really yeah, cool. I mean, it's cool, but I had the to watch it a couple of times because my brain started glazing over at some point. Like, <laughs> That's like episode over. one too. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I was just like, Oh my God, I have to hear what he said again. Cause I like glazed over. Um, but it's really interesting. And so like, if you, like I said, if you're a gamer of any kind, like, yeah, this is definitely something you should watch and check out. Janelle. You want to yeah. I mean, you summed it up absolutely beautifully. It's just, the theme song alone, the like, you know, when you're on Netflix and you always skip intro, I don't ever skip the intro on this one. It's just such a cool vibe that they do a great job of, job of explaining, geez, 
uh, everything. And it's, I mean, like one of my favorite stories is how Nintendo hired an attorney named John Kirby to save yeah. them basically from Universal Studios trying to say that they copied, Donkey Kong copied King Kong. And then that's how we got the whole entire franchise of Kirby it was after their lawyer that didn't care about <laughs> yeah, gaming awesome. in any way, shape or form. Um, and they did a little nice memorial for him. And uh, that's just one of many really cool yeah. stories. And like you said, like John Kirby's not a guy you think of like in the gaming industry, but he was very right. pivotal because he set the standard for Nintendo to be able to come. I mean, he saved they the had company. lost that, like, yeah, they would have been no Nintendo. Yeah. And you get to see him and he's a, and he's a great character because he's this, and he says it, he's a completely humorless lawyer, <laughs> like completely just a literal, like a by the book to the letter guy in like, and he's Kirby, like, and it's, and it's hilarious. And so and that's like, where you get the yeah. hammer from and Kirby. It's just really cool. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah. So there's all this great stuff and it's well-researched and very well presented and put together. So check out high score. All right, guys. Um, yeah. We'll give you some extra time. Take like a good 10 minutes to just tell us or however long you like, you know, 10 minutes or less by however long you need to tell <laughs> us about what's happening in wrestling, what happened in these big events, what's happened on Monday night raw. Like since then, take it away. Well, lots happened. We got the first introduction of the Thunderdome, the uh, the look of all, all these virtual fans are popping up on these big screens. Uh, I like, yeah, we got we got a Pikachu <laughs> right in the middle of SummerSlam. Someone put a big old stuffed Pikachu. That's awesome. It was just like in the frame for like five minutes. And I'm like, I am so distracted by this thing right That's now. That's great. That's great. Um, hey, you do that uh, in NBA. Oh, they, they, they can't have fun like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh no so thunderdome looked cool uh from the wrestlers that have talked about it since like i got touched drew mcintyre yesterday he freaking loved it being able to wrestle in front of a, a cheering crowd again even if it's in this weird format uh saturday we got uh i covered dynamite matt you had takeover Dynamite, no one's really talking about other than Cody getting squashed as a Oof, surprise at the rough. end. That was brutal. But it was but, great. Uh, I, th was I great. think we're going to get some more follow-up with that uh, come all out. That's in a couple of weeks. But as for TakeOver, how did you feel about this show? Because I thought it was just okay. Uh, I thought I actually thought it was really good. I wouldn't say great. Okay. Um, but I thought it was really good. But I think, though what I think holds it back is the ending because Very I, much think, so. I think what happened was they were cruising along. Like if you look at those matches one by one, Finn Balor Thatcher was really good. Hard hitting, just smack you in the face wrestling. Like the ladder right. match nuts had a bunch of cool moments. I thought was really great. Uh, Dakota Kai and Shirai was good. Like that was a good match. It wasn't like the best I've seen from either of them, but it was a good match. So like those things they, leading they, up. Don't, don't skip the one that kind of stole the night. Like Pat McAfee, Adam Cole had no right to be as good as God. it was. Okay, I imagine that that didn't take place. But yes, that one was far better than it had any right to be. It was far better. Again, like, I'm not the biggest fan of these types of matches, but it was. I will give McAfee credit. He performed way more, like doing dives off the top oh. turnbuckle and stuff. I did not oh, expect that. It's funny how you go from Rob Gronkowski being afraid to fall off like a six-foot platform onto a pile of like a dozen people. And then here comes McAfee just like, bombs away. I, how, okay, how old is Vince McMahon? 75 now. A 75-year-old man had to show Gronkowski how to how jump to off this thing. That's insane. 
<laughs> that's insane. The 75 year old man is taking a dive and that's just nuts. Just, but anyway, yes, I agree. I, that match was far better than it had any right to be, but in my brain, it didn't, it didn't really happen. <laughs> that's how I do it. But I will say up until that point, we were doing really well. Like it was a, a re- and the match between Keith Lee and cross was good. It was really good. And then I don't know what it is about this weekend. WWE just went like, we're going to bury Keith Lee. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is. That I would not ending, go that far. I but... will. That ending def- was the most deflating ending. Yeah. Everyone, because everyone left and wasn't talking about the other four matches on the card that were great and the match that took place right before that. All they were talking about was the ending because everyone was like, you kind of punt Lee. You took his belts in the, within a month. He's been mm-hmm. a okay. champ for barely that. He's had hardly any time to defend any of them. And then you took the belts off him. Now, granted, we then learn why, because he's going to go to Raw, which we'll get to. He moves to. to Raw two days later, yeah. And when we get to that, I will continue my rant of how they buried this amazing star. Uh, but yeah, so I think that was the thing. I think it left a bad taste in people's mouths. That's why... I feel like the buzz wasn't there as much at the end. It it was a it was a good takeover. If that ending had been better, I feel like people would be like, "Oh, that was another great takeover." Um, I, but I, I feel like that's that fairly. I feel like that's very accurate. You had three things going against you in the main event. One, the match wasn't very good. Two, uh, Carry On did get legitimately hurt. He hurt his shoulder yeah. throughout that match, so he wasn't hundred percent. He wasn't going hundred percent. And three you have Lee lose the title so quickly just to, I mean, this was very obviously like we have to get him out of here because the other shows are asking for him. Yeah. And that, and if you just like the NXT product over the other two shows, that's not very encouraging right now. No, because well, and it's very not encouraging after what they did, but okay. So let's go to SummerSlam. Moving on to SummerSlam. This is one of those rare times where the main roster pay-per-view was better than the takeover, I felt. Like, I agree. There was a lot to like about this show. Um, Dominic, Mis- Dominic Mysterio putting on more than 20 minutes with Seth Rollins, and I loved it. It was overbooked to hell, yeah. but that final sequence of Ray being handcuffed, being just out of reach of helping his son, and Seth's just like, now I'm going to stop him in the face, and then he does. It was God. He was so. It was so. It was so overbooked. However, they bring out his. They bring out Dominic's mom, and Seth's just like, "Hey, come here." It's like cannot get enough of that. Like we cannot get enough of that. Was so. That was accurate. That one I didn't mind. That was accurate because a Spanish mother is going to come out to the ring and like try and get her son out of there. That's fine. (laughs) Um, It was overbooked, but man, it all just worked. It was so, like saccharine at times and yeah. it didn't it didn't matter i will give dominic props dude I, has a promising future it was was pulling off stuff it didn't feel like rons was just carrying him throughout the entire match he was showing up to do spot like, it was good it was very good and then um, i'm gonna say this is i was absolutely right on this drew versus randy absolutely delivered because they didn't screw with it they didn't mess with the ending at all and it winds up being the best match of the night because of that. Because it's just two big, beefy bastards colliding with each other for 15 minutes. Also, Orton just, you know, cared. He cared. <laughs> he cared so much to headbutt Drew in the face and then bust himself open. 
Yeah, like that's that how that is happened. The most Orton matches end up being like watching molasses come out of a bottle. Like it is that boring most times. This was not, and I was, I was shot. I mean, this was better than the greatest match ever. Like this was the, the most bestest match ever. Yeah. yeah, that that whole billing and everything. This was way better than that. So yeah, very good. It I was. I was very surprised. And then the the last match was not great but no one cared because of what happened right afterwards. Roman Reigns is back. He looks ripped. With the He's best got veneers ever. He's got veneers and everyone's making fun of his teeth. But he looks like he's got a bit of an edge to him cuz he didn't just come out spear the guy and stand tall. He berated both of them and then decided to take a steel chair to the back of Braun and be like, "You're only a monster when I'm around and Bray, you can't handle this this role." I'm the guy that makes both of you. What was his shirt? Sh- what did it say? Uh, it was like, show up and destroy everything. And uh, wreck everything. And I was wreck like, everything and leave. That's a great that shirt. That like epitomizes like what this version of Roman Reigns is. So I, yes, that was a great pop. Great thing for one for SmackDown. Because that means yeah, which Roman Reigns it. is going to be on SmackDown again. Um, which it needs. <laughs> it very much needs that. really needs. Uh, so yeah, no, and the and the Bailey Sasha stuff was great. I it wasn't, was. uh, you know, I was bummed that Sasha Banks again gets the belt robbed from her it just, without just, any she, successful defenses. But I feel like they're gonna play into that with yeah. the Bailey storyline, where Sasha will win it, and Bailey will be like, every time you get a title, you suck with this. Yeah, so it's I'm it's a part of a storyline, so I'll let it, go, you know, I'll let it go because I know what they're building to. So it was a really good SummerSlam, really good SummerSlam. And, let me just make this last point with Roman. People have asked for years for him to turn, for him to, to be the, the ultimate unstoppable bad guy and show off his personality that way and get more excitement for the entire product by having him be the centerpiece as opposed to, hi guys, I'm here to pump my fist and punch people in the face and I'm the big dog and all yeah. that good stuff. No one, people detested that. And this has so much more potential. I don't think they're going full heel. No, I but I think they're just ma- they're making him more of a tweener where it's like, I don't care if you're a good guy or you're a bad guy. I'm going to run right through. Yeah. Very stone. And that is infinitely more interesting. Yeah. Then no, absolutely. Michael Cole screaming the big dog every time he walks out. The big dog. Lord knows he loves to do that. Uh, but then we got to get to Monday night because Matt, your boy Keith showed up with new music that, was not that everyone Keith hated. That was not Keith. With gear that nobody <laughs> liked. And that was a match not Keith that Lee. didn't have a definitive ending. That was not Keith Lee. That is not the Keith Lee I have watched run through fools with charisma and brute force. That was sad music. Vince McMahon made him put a shirt on because God forbid someone not be the the Greek god archetype. And then he's a chonky boy. What do you? And do? then he, he's amazing because he's like three hundred pounds and can like do flips and could jump off the top. It's amazing what he can do. So instead of leaning into that, we're going to, I don't know. I don't know what he, what he looks like. Like, you know, he looks like he just had to put something on to run to Academy. That's not what I want to show up to the ring. And then on top of that, they put him with Orton. Ugh. They put him with Orton and then they screw up his name. They say Heathley during the thing. It's his introduction and you can't get the guy's name right. That's absurd. Yeah. That's absurd. And now we have a match with him against Randy Orton. And if, and if the Randy Orton of Drew McIntyre shows up, great. If it's yeah. the regular Randy Orton, this is going to be a boring program for as long will, as it lasts. 
I will say this for as bad as some things about last night's Raw were, <laughs> this is salvageable. They're 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 clearly still letting him keep his promo style where he's got kind of the the well spoken preacher affect about him. They're keeping that. And I think that can still help him stand out. This is not beyond saving just yet. We are not so far that it's like, when is this guy's contract up so he can go to AEW? We're not but there yet. But is it yet. sad that that's, we're already there and he just it's, debuted? It's <laughs> it unbelievably sad, yes. But welcome to the WWE product since 2015. That's why I don't want them to leave NXT. That's why I would rather, like, seriously, Rhea, just stay there. Don't whatever, like do the same program five times. I would rather have there's that a reason go. Gargano, there's a reason Gargano, Cole, and Ciampa don't want to leave. And it's and I don't blame like them. This. I but don't blame them. I the fact that they are putting Randy with Keith in his first match on pay-per-view, one-on-one, and Randy is like right there in the championship picture. And they're already hinting a little bit if you've seen WWE's YouTube about Drew's relationship with Keith. Yes. I don't think he's that all that far away from a world title shot already. And that's a good sign. I don't think so either. I just don't think Orton, an Orton feud. Again, if, if the great Orton shows up, okay, cool. But that's a 50-50 shot. So if it had been Drew, absolutely, I'd be all like, I want to see that. Because I think they'll bring out the best in each other. And it'll be great. I don't know which Orton I'm getting. So if I don't get the Orton that cares... I don't think this benefits Lee in any way. So anyway, well, not a we great don't start. Wait long. We don't have long to find out because uh, this next pay-per-view is this Sunday. We, we get a whole seven days in between major shows for reasons I will not get into. But Dang. yeah, that was a very busy week <laughs> in wrestling. It's not even close to over yet. And I'm going to be back pretty soon to talk payback and uh, all out. So that's, that's what we've been dealing with, Kofi. All right. There you go. That's what's happening on the wrestling front. It was eventful over there as well, as you can see. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We want to thank you guys for tuning in, as always. If you're just now getting into the show because of these big events or because you've just been on quarantine, lockdown, and don't have much else to do, we put up new episodes every Wednesday and Friday on comicbook.com where you can subscribe, or sorry, you can just listen in on the website, or you can subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Google Playlists, iHeartRadio. Or you can go and watch episodes when we air them on Facebook every Wednesday and Friday and see our smiling faces there. If you want to talk to us, drop topics for the show, or just say what's up, we are always at the hashtag Comic Book Nation, or you can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. And you can find me at Janelle Wheeler. And at Connor Casey underscore CB. If you guys are just now getting into the show and you're liking it, please go on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. One day when we get out of quarantine and we get back in the studio, we have a merch closet that is just teeming with Comic Book Nation shirts. They are pretty awesome. We have got to clear them out. People have been leaving five-star reviews, and so when we get back, we're just going to have each show is going to be like end with a marathon of thank yous and some <laughs> shirts going out. So get in now and get yours. Uh, yeah, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Otherwise, we hope to see you next episode. Thanks again. This has been Comic Book Nation, and uh, we'll see you guys. Peace. Peace. Later.